Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. Hey guys, All Around Joe here out in Seattle, Washington, and I'm extremely excited to bring this episode to you today. We are going to be talking with a specialist in the neuroscience field. This is some technology that I heard about from one of my mentors, CJ Martin at CrossFit Invictus down in San Diego. He had recently published a post on Facebook saying that this new technology had helped his athletes to increase their PRs very quickly. So I was incredibly interested in this and tracked down the product that they were using. And what I found is this new technology called Halo Sport. And in today's episode, I'm going to interview the CEO and co-founder of Halo Neuroscience, Dr. Daniel Chow. And Dr. Daniel Chow is the former head of business development at Neuropace, which is a company that worked on epilepsy. He's also a McKinsey consultant and co-founder and CEO of Lumos Catheter Systems. He is a MD from Stanford and an MS in neuroscience. So I am very, very happy and privileged to welcome you guys to Dr. Daniel Chow. Dan, welcome to the All Around Joe podcast. I'm super excited to have you here on the show. How are you doing today? Doing real good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you bet. I'm super pumped to talk about some of the stuff that you've been working on. But first, just so that the audience has an idea of like where you're coming from, your background, how you got started in the neuroscience field, can you give us some of that? Yeah. Um, so I'm actually a medical doctor by training. I uh, went to Stanford Medical School. Um, also got a neuroscience master's while I was there. Um, you know, the brain has been a big part of my life, um, you know, obviously through education, but also professionally. So um, I've been fascinated by uh, what we can do by stimulating the brain. Um, my last company was also a neurostimulation company. It was a, this company called Neuropace, uh, where uh, together uh, with a team, we built the world's first closed-loop neurostimulator, um, which is now FDA-approved to treat epilepsy. So, uh, you know, we we're thrilled to offer that to uh, the community of people that are suffering from epilepsy. Um, you know, the idea for Halo came around um, you know, while I was at Neuropace, and you know, we can get more into that. But um, you know, we we noticed an opportunity uh, to develop neurostimulation technologies that um, that didn't require surgery. So, you know, neurostimulation has been out there for a long time. Um, there's a decades-old history of doctors using this to treat people with really serious medical d- disorders. Um, with really amazing results, you know, in some cases near curative results. Um, but the problem with all of these technologies, or maybe not a problem, but a shortcoming, is that they require the implantation of pulse generators and electrodes that go into the brain. Um, you know, it's a big ask for even someone with a disease who could benefit significantly from these technologies. So, uh, you know, with Halo, we thought uh, we could develop technologies um, that, uh, that do not require surgery. That could help people certainly with uh, p- 
people with disease, but also uh, um, otherwise healthy people get more out of their brain. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm curious, how did you personally or your company go from the epilepsy to sport? Yeah, it's a great question. We get we get that a lot. So um, maybe I could roll back the clock a little bit. Uh, the first year of operation for Halo was probably very different from most startups. Um, our goal for the first year uh, was to do two things. One, build our own device, uh, the most advanced of its kind, that would allow the company unique access to the solution space. Mm-hmm. And then two, to test the heck out of it. Um, so uniquely, I think, for Halo, we didn't think about product one time in our first year of operation. Um, we, we just wanted to build our own device and to see where the data would lead us. So um, we built the device in about three or four months. Um, and you know, after that, we started. Uh, we set up a research facility in our office, and we tested a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And we had several different research programs um, uh, designed. And the research program that focused on the motor cortex consistently outperformed the others, um, both both in uh, sort of the robustness of the result, um, but also the reproducibility of the result. So, um, you know, when we were thinking about what we can do um, for, uh, for people uh, by stimulating the motor cortex, it led us naturally to athletes. Okay. And just so that, you know, people like myself can understand a little bit better, what does the motor cortex do? Yeah, great question. So uh, the motor cortex is a specific part of the brain that I like to say has two key functions. Um, one it's the mission control center for our muscles. So, uh, you know, if you think about uh, what it takes to be skilled in any sort of movement, from playing guitar to lifting weights, um, there's a careful orchestration of uh, a variety of different muscles that needs to be coordinated by something. And uh, the motor cortex is central to that process. Um, And then number two, the motor cortex is the battery for our muscles. So, uh, you know, if we think about a muscle contraction, um, it requires an electrical input. And the more robust that electrical input, the more of a contraction you can generate. Um, Where does this electricity uh, arise from? Um, It arises from the motor cortex. So, um, so yeah, it's the mission control center. It's also the battery uh, for our muscles. Very interesting. So... If we're going to stimulate the mission control center, or the, I'm sorry, the motor cortex, um, how is that done exactly? Yeah, so uh, we built um, a neurostimulator into a wearable technology. Um, It resembles, uh, the form factor resembles a a set of headphones. And, uh, you know, one great thing for the company, and this this happened totally by chance, is that the motor cortex sits anatomically right above our ears, okay. such that um, you know any set of headphones, like from Beats to Bose, uh, the arch of the headband just naturally goes over the motor cortex. Huh. So, um, you know, it turns out the headphone form factor was perfect for us. So we basically took advantage of the real estate 
of the arch of the headband. And we built in um, our electrodes into that footprint. Um, our electrodes we call primers. Okay. So um, if you look at our device, you'll see um, our primers built into uh, uh, the arch of the headphone. And um, the electronics can be built um, fairly small, so that's stuffed into uh, uh, one can. Um, so the can is the part that goes over your ears. Okay. And then we have a rechargeable battery stuffed into the other side. Um, so back to your original question. So uh, the, our primers will deliver an electric field to the brain that will put the brain in the state of hyperplasticity. So plasticity is the process by which our brain builds new circuits. Um, this is a natural process. So um, when you learn a new language, when you learn to play guitar, when you learn to do math, it in all, all of that involves the building of new circuits within our brain. Um, now, a state of hyperplasticity just means that you could build these circuits faster. Um, so you know, halo neuropriming technology sort of facilitates the creation of these new circuits. And since it targets the motor cortex, that means good things for the athlete. That means accelerated skill acquisition, um, also accelerated strength and explosion acquisition. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. So like it, it, when you mentioned this hyperplasticity, does, does there have to be a quality like input to get the response that you want? Yeah, it does. So um, for cross, CrossFit athletes or any athlete, if you were to wear this while sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, um, you would derive no benefit. <laughs> um, so you need to do the work. Um, so I, I think it's important to real uh, that that you know I try to use this word facilitate. Um, so uh, neuropriming technology facilitates this process of plasticity, okay. uh, but the athlete still needs to do the work um, to build circuits. Um, it requires reps. Reps is what um, makes our brain better. Like you know, you practice a new language, you practice math. All of that encourages the brain to build new circuits. Sure. And so with an athlete, um, for halo neuropriming to work, um, it really needs to be built uh, to, to, to be used um, um, to be paired with athletic training. Okay. And do I, let's say that I'm using this, the halo sport and I'm trying to improve, you know, my clean and jerk. Do I have to, or let me rephrase that. If I were using a bad movement pattern would that matter it would okay um so we're agnostic to the movement uh you know the state of hyperplasticity doesn't know if it's good technique or bad technique it just knows a rep okay so yeah i think that's an important point um you know i think our technology is best paired uh with a coach and trainer mm -hmm. or at, at least with a friend that could help guide you to proper technique okay yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And do you, is there any type of uh, visualization component that you've ever played with? Uh, no. So, you know, a lot of um, uh, like visualization, um, like concentration, focus, uh, calmness in the moment, like a lot of these things that are sort of the psychological side of sports. Mm -hmm. um, 
Halo Sport has really nothing to do with that. So we're we're targeting a part of the brain that is not known to be a cognitive center. Okay. It's purely motor. Um, so you know, I think over the last couple of decades, there's been some really excellent work um, done by sports psychologists that really address um, the things that are related to visualization and calmness, concentration, focus. Um, you know, that's sort of upstream of where the motor cortex is. The motor cortex is that last spot in the brain before uh, signals eg- exit the brain and touch our muscles. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's – I'm like still wrapping my brain around this. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really cool um, technology. I mean, wow. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, I think it's maybe been an area that has been – that's like really central to the athletic performance – and yet forgotten, right? Like there's been, you know, centuries of work that um, have been dedicated to conditioning the heart for endurance, to conditioning the muscles for um, explosion and, and strength. And then, you know, more recently, the good work of sports psychologists around the cognitive side of athletic performance. But what about that part that sits right in between those two, yeah. right? Like that part of the brain that is really central to the control of human movement. And, you know, that's the motor cortex. I think that's, that's where we're intervening. It's that middle, that's that middle section. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's incredibly interesting. I'm, you know, excited to try it out and learn more and continue moving down that path. Um, something that I thought of just now uh, that I forgot to ask earlier that re- relates to the device, and this just could be a, a quick answer, but uh do you feel anything when you're getting the stimulation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you'll feel like a mild tingling sensation. Okay. Some people call it a mild itching sensation or a mild sensation of heat. Um, you know, one user who was like particularly articulate um, called it effervescent. Hmm. And I would agree it feels effervescent to me, although I, I wouldn't have put it that way. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And I would say 10% of our users don't feel anything. Oh. Yeah. And so uh, on our app, we allow uh, the user to turn up or down the amplitude. Um, the entire range is safe and effective. Um, so if a subject, uh, if you know one of our users doesn't feel it at the midpoint, which is the default point, um, you know, we allow them to crank it up a little bit so that they can feel it. And is there any different response or like result as to if they change that? No, yeah, the the entire range is effective. Okay. So it's really just personal preference um, at that point. I think most of our users like to feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, like confirmation that uh, the device is on and and working. Sure. Yeah, I can see that definitely. Um, getting into kind of what you've seen as far as results go within athletics. Um, can you share some of those? Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, maybe I could just talk briefly about how we do research here at Halo. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so in our research facility, uh, we invite healthy volunteers to help us do research. And in almost all, probably over 99% of our subjects are enrolled in a type of clinical work or research work that is characteristic of more medical research. Um, um, so, like very rigorous uh, uh, controlled studies that uh, fit three different criteria. So, one, uh, randomized. 
everybody is randomized into one of two groups. And the two groups are, so this is number two, um, to either receive real stimulation or what I call, what we call sham stimulation. So sham stimulation is our control group. It is an amount of stimulation that feels like the real thing, but it actually doesn't work. Okay. And then um, the third part is uh, what's called blinded. So nobody knows which group they're in. Uh, the test subject doesn't know. The HALO research associate doesn't know. Our statistician doesn't know. Um, only at the very end will we do something called lifting the blind. And um, only then will we, will we reveal like which group everybody was in. Okay. So, you know, it's important that everybody um, is sort of equally motivated to perform because when you feel something, you know, foreign on your scalp, like this tingling sensation, it's incredibly motivating. Mm-hmm. So we wanted uh, even our control group to benefit from that sensation. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, it's, um, it, it's sort of that level of rigor uh, that really gives us confidence in understanding, like, what is the contribution of halo neuropriming to, um, to just normal practice, right? Like, if you practice, you're going to get better. Yeah. So it's not enough for us to just get better. We need to get better beyond what um, sort of unassisted learning would provide. Sure, sure. And do you find that these other groups are also getting better? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's certainly a practice effect, you know, as you would expect. Like, you know, when we're doing different skill and strength acquisition protocols, yeah, you, you'll see folks getting a little bit better um, just by practicing. Okay. Cool. Um, but you know, what we want to see is if we could show that we that the group that got real stimulation, if they get better yet. Oh yeah, absolutely. And what um, did you find? Yeah, so uh, we've uh, we've shown this. Uh, we've shown this um, in a skill acquisition paradigm, and also uh, we call it uh, explosion, which is just very simply the rate of force, uh, the change in force of the change in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are in healthy volunteers that may or may not be athletes. More likely than not, they're they're not athletes. Okay, and. You know, that's great, but it's easier to show an effect in this group because you have a lot of what we call dynamic range, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you're untrained, there's a lot of room to improve. Absolutely. Um, so it wasn't enough for us to stop there. We had to keep pushing. And our next step was to work with college athletes. And there uh, we had access to 20 college athletes, home for summer break. And we asked them, all right, where do you want to get better at? And everybody said legs. And it's understandable. Legs are important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we asked the, uh, the, the athletic trainers to help us design a protocol, a training program that really hits the legs. And they said, no problem. And um, they, they, they give us a training program on a piece of paper. And we said, okay, given this, we would pair your program with neuropriming in the following way. And we gave them instructions, and they said, okay, fantastic, we can do this. Um, we agreed to a testing protocol where uh, we would test athletes on the Kaiser Air Squat, and then two different flavors of the vertical leap, um, uh, the squat jump and the counter movement jump. Okay. Uh, and we would do this before and after uh, this two-and-a-half-week training program. Um, so back then, we were resource-constrained. We only had 10 of our devices. So we had 10 athletes that got um, 
uh, Halo Neuropriming, and another 10 athletes who did the exact same training program, uh, but who didn't have the benefit of neuropriming. Um, uh, you know, at the end of this program, um, the athletes that got neuropriming got an average of 12% better across the board, um, both flavors of Vertical Leap and the Kaiser Air Squad. Wow. And what did you say the time frame was again? Uh, two and a half weeks. Wow. Uh, so this is an extra two inches of vertical leap and an extra 250 watts of power on the Kaiser Air Squad. In two weeks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and the control group got 1.7% better. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, that, that result gave us confidence to um, work with teams like Invictus, mm-hmm. um, also the United States Olympic ski team. And we also kicked off with uh, several Major League Baseball teams um, who are unfortunately very, very um, secretive about their use of our technology, so I can't reveal their name. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, was, um, it, it was great to see that the protocols that we're using um, you know, in our research facility in San Francisco were portable to elite athletes. You know that that there was uh, uh, th- that they translated um, from sort of uh, uh, you know everyday people that were more or less untrained to highly trained and you know very skilled athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find the same results throughout, even if you have someone that is an Olympic level athlete? Yeah. So we did some uh, we did some work with the United States Olympic ski team. And there we had access to uh, their ski jumpers. So these are the guys that go down that giant ramp and fly through the air hundreds of feet before they land. We all, we all sort of wonder how you do that for the first time. Yeah. Um, it turns out you have to start very young. Um, th- that if, you're, if you start after, like, um, like if you're eight years old, you're too old to start the sport. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so we had uh, seven of the country's best, and uh, we we worked with them on uh, on a protocol that assesses the skill of the jump um, and also the strength of the jump. And uh, like e- even in this group, and you know, we're talking about seven of our country's best. Uh, you know, we got a really nice bump in improvement. So we worked with these athletes for 10 sessions over, um, three and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. And we did, um, we did before, during, and after testing. So we had 11 different data points. And if you compare the group that got, um, neuropriming versus the group that did not, um, there's a really nice separation between the two groups. So like on our final testing day, um, so we use force plates, uh, to assess these athletes. So um, I don't know if uh, you or your uh, uh, listenership uh, are familiar with force plates, but uh, it's this really amazing piece of equipment, uh, incredibly expensive. They're about 25000 bucks a piece. Wow. Um, and they measure force a 1,000 times a second with an exquisite amount of sensitivity. So uh, you know we could assess the quality of the jump 
Um, so looking at the smoothness of the of the jump curve, and also uh, the total amount of force that's generated uh, during the jump. That's that's called net impulse. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, like the net impulse result was amazing. Um, uh, the group that got neuropriming at the end um, got thirty one percent better versus the control group got eighteen percent better. So eighteen percent is a you know that's a win, right? Like yeah. group, like that's awesome. Um, so you know the like what the trainers at the ski team like that that training program that they cooked up mm-hmm. it really worked. No kidding. Um, but then if you were to like you know if you knew nothing more than you might have been happy with 18 but if you saw the group that got trained with neuropriming um hit 31 percent in the same amount of time um yeah that's better yeah you would take that oh yeah definitely that's that's i mean both of those results are amazing it's like overly amazing that the neuropriming was that high in these high level athletes i mean i i can't even you know, fathom those types of results in a high level athlete. So I hope that the listeners are understanding that this is, you know, those are outrageous results and someone that's been working at this for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. I like PRs are hard in this group. I mean, single digit percentage point improvements in this group mean the difference between standing on the podium and not right. Or making a team or not. Um, you know, since we've been doing so much work with the the U.S. Olympic ski team, um, they invited me to to go uh, join them for the World Championships this year. That happened to be ho- hosted on our home turf um, in Vail, Colorado. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, it was awesome. I got to watch the men's downhill, and I noticed that the the person who finished first finished in one hundred and two seconds. Okay. The person who finished in twentieth finished in 104 seconds. So two seconds separated 20 positions. Wow. Like 2% separated 20 positions. That is just crazy. Yeah. The guy who finished first has endorsements, probably lives a pretty comfortable life, Uh probably doesn't have a day job. Yeah. The person who finished in 20th place, who was only 2% worse. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what his life is like, but it probably isn't that glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> Over two seconds. Yeah. Yeah, 2%. Wow. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, I think, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, athletes, I mean, at any level, really, it d- doesn't matter who you are. Um, you know, if you're passionate about your sport and you want to get better, um, you know, whether you're competing against the world's best or just your friends or, or, or you know, even more simply, just internally competitive with yourself and you want to see yourself get better, um, you know, there's, uh, there's unlocked potential in you. I think that's what this shows. Yep. Yeah, and that, I guess, you know, you pretty much answered that. So you think that the Halo sport and this technology is good for pretty much any athlete. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it depends. I don't know if it's any athlete. I think there are athletes out there that are just kind of like social athletes or lifestyle athletes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're doing it for different reasons. You know, um, you know, for some athletes, just the mere fact of exercising is good enough. So I think where uh, Halo Sport really lines up are for those athletes that really care about performance. Okay. 
yeah, for, for those athletes that are really looking to get more out of their body, um, you know, whether they're competitive with friends or, um, you know, with the world yeah. or, or, or just themselves, you know, and, and wanting to improve themselves. Yeah. Ma- makes sense. And, you know, <laughs> talking about this, I'm like, wow, how do we get our hands on this? You know, how can we start using this technology? Because it sounds phenomenal. Sounds too good to be true. You know, I want to test it out and play with it. Um, and when, when will this be available for people? Uh, yeah, so we'll start taking pre-sales um, on our website pretty soon. Uh, we, we opened up pre-sales um, uh, back in February, but for only a couple days, we, we sold out of our Wave 1. Um, so we'll open up Wave 2 uh, pretty soon here. Um, and, and Joe, I could, I could ping you when that happens. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Both of my hands are in the air right now. I, I'm ready for awesome. that. Um, so, you know, I've, gosh, learned so much and, and, uh, and incredibly excited about getting to try this technology for myself. Um, just a kind of like a random additional question, you know, since I have you on the call here, are there any other technologies that you're excited about right now? Uh, yeah, let's see. You know, I feel like, um, a lot of the sports renaissance and technology, um, over the last couple of years have been been around sensors Mm -hmm. and you know with sensors there's i think a lot of different things that you could sort of measure about uh yourself and um and your performance and how you're doing but i guess like the data that i'm most excited about that um i think it's still fairly like its availability is fairly limited but hopefully it'll become more commonplace in the coming months and years is that is around biomechanics Mm. um so uh, you know, traditionally, this is kind of reserved for like really elite professional athletes where you go into a special center and they put um, like these orientation markers on all your major joints. And it involves, um, uh, you know, cameras pointed in every which direction that feed into like com- complicated image processing software. Uh-huh. And it'll make a three dimensional map of who you are. Um, and it can give you like real objective biomechanical assessments um, as to your movement quality. Right. Now, uh, you know, this is important for performance at the highest level. Um, but, you know, even for, um, you know, everyday folks, this is important for injury prevention and getting the most out of your body for the longest amount of time. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm, I'm 44 um, and, you know, I've been involved in a variety of different sports throughout my life like at you know never at the highest level but you know always really passionate about my involvement in the different sports and over the years like I've just accumulated um, a series of different injuries that um, you know at this point sort of limit what I could do yeah and I think a lot of that just came from um, you know just random things that I do biomechanically like I've had various knee injuries and this kind of thing. So, you know, I wonder, well, I'm sure of, um, had I known that say my left knee was, uh, tracking laterally mm-hmm. and that I should exercise my, and strengthen my VMO, um, uh, to improve the alignment of my right or of my left knee, mm-hmm. you know, I, I probably could have avoided a knee surgery. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, 
in CrossFit, we work with people every single day that, let's say, for a basic movement like a, even a deadlift. And it's always talking about, yeah, you're in the gym doing deadlifts and we may be able to cue you, but when you pick up that bag of groceries off the ground, it's the same movement. And if you could have been practicing those techniques all throughout your your day, you know, yeah. that back injury might not have happened. Totally. And I think it's uh, like this kind of technology is like super complementary and enabling to the good work that trainers do already on, on biomechanics. It would just be another tool to help you, um, you know, uh, uh, train your athlete to, to move in a way that's, um, you know, more functional, more efficient, and also like safer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. And do you, do you, so you, do you see this technology becoming more accessible in the near future? Yeah, there's, um, I'm really excited about, uh, this group called P3. They're based in Santa, Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, their, uh, their founder is also a, a medical doctor by training. Um, He's a great friend of mine, Marcus Elliott. And he's been really one of the leaders <clears throat> in doing biomechanical assessments for professional athletes. And, uh, you know, they have some early technology where um, they could use uh, three dimensional cameras um, without the orientation markers uh, to really bring this to the masses. Like, you know, you can imagine. That uh, you know, walking into a Walgreens or a CVS or you know, a, a, you know REI or something like that, you can get an assessment right then and there. Wow! You know, it almost be like uh, you know, imagine a day that you know you can go to Walgreens or CVS and get your blood pressure checked. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine if you could do that to get a biomechanical assessment. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be phenomenal. You have a lot of uh, fit people walking into CVS. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really cool. I'll make sure and include that. uh, I'll do some research and find some more information on P3 and put that in the the show notes. That's that's some also also some really cool technology that you know I want to learn more about, and I'm sure everyone else listening would like to learn more about as well. But uh, getting back to you know you and the Halo technology, um, if people want to learn more about this and find more about yourself and, you know, potentially get their hands on one of these things. How can they do that? Yeah. Our website, uh, would be the best place. It's just uh, haloneuro.com. Okay. Cool. Haloneuro.com. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, type that into your web browser. I'll make sure and put it in the show notes and, uh, have, you know, all that information readily available for everyone listening. And, uh, gosh, anything else that you think, uh, the listeners should know about Dan? Uh, no, no, it's thanks. Thanks so much for the conversation and the opportunity. Cool. Yeah. I, you know, really appreciate your time. I'm stoked to, you know, try out this technology in the halo sports. So again, thanks so much. Um, and, uh, I will talk to you soon. Awesome. All right. Thanks Joe. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed that podcast episode as much as I did, uh, learning about that technology and, I am super excited to get to try it out myself. So I just wanted to let you know that you can catch all of the show notes at allaroundjoe.com slash halosport. That's allaroundjoe.com slash halosport, spelled H-A-L-O-S-P-O-R-T. The All Around Joe podcast, where we believe that personal fitness is the key to living a healthy, happy, and productive life. I'll see you on the next episode.